0: Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now, here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro.
1: Welcome back to Explore the Space. This is Dr. Mark Shapiro. I'm really excited about the guest that I have today. Uh, it's a doc who is about as far away from me in a physical sense in the United States as possible. I'm in Northern California, and Dr. Kevin Poe is in Nashua, New Hampshire. So I think if we were to stretch a straight line, that's about as far as we can get. But here we are. We're able to connect. Dr. Poe is uh, – one of the great drivers of narrative for physicians, particularly in the sphere of social media, how we interact within social media, how we connect with each other, with patients, um, and to have him come and join me and discuss all of the things that he is doing and the changes that he has already made in his career is very exciting. So Dr. Poe, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Mark.
0: It's great being here.
1: I, I was getting ready for the podcast, and I read a line about the work that you do, uh, both with your public speaking and also with KevinMD.com, and it made me laugh. The line said, uh, you do work that said, with influence in social media on the subject of uh, healthcare. And I thought that that was one of the great understatements, I think, to say, with influence I think that that term needs a modifier. I think it needs to say something like with the bulk of the influence or a whole bunch (laughs) of the influence or something like that. Give us a sense of uh, just the, the journey that you've been on as a guy with a busy private, you know, primary care practice who now has really become one of the people that we know and trust as a resource and a mentor for interacting within the world of social media and healthcare.
0: Well, Mark, I think you give me far too much credit. I don't know how much influence I really have, but I think it's been such a gratifying journey. And when I started more than 10 years ago, I I had no idea that it would be what it is today. I started back in 2004, and at that time, there were probably fewer than 50 60 physicians who were online who had blogs. In fact, social media was just in its infancy by that time. There was, there was no Facebook. There was no Twitter. And I really had no idea in terms of where the direction of, of my site would go. And as you know, over the past uh, few years, Facebook is now a part of the social consciousness and social media has overtaken how mainstream media has presented its content. And it's just such a powerful platform where physicians and, and patients can share their stories and, and really drive the narrative when it comes to healthcare. Because I think that without our voices, um, the narrative will be driven by people who don't necessarily have a foot in the clinical world, and I think it's really important that those who are on the front lines of medicine, both doctors and patients, that they share their story on social media and really drive some of the changes. And so to me, it's been tremendously uh, gratifying to play a small role in that.
1: It's interesting the way you say that, this issue of taking the, taking a little bit of control of the narrative. And I wonder, do you think that's why you have so many people that come to Kevin MD, not just as readers, but as contributors. You have several thousand physician contributors. Was there a vacuum there where physicians were feeling, Hey, I-, I need, I need a voice and I am out of the loop and I need to be able to express myself. Do you think that you were just kind of were able to the first guy to kind of peel the lid back on that? I
0: think so. I think that
1: there is a tremendous need for.
0: Uh, frontline uh, clinicians to get their voices heard. Too often when you talk, when you read about healthcare in, say, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, they're dominated by policy experts. They're dominated by clinicians who don't necessarily see patients. And they're making decisions for those of us in, in, in healthcare. That really affect our lives and there's a disconnect there between the people who see patients and the people who don't and I think that there was just such a need for somewhere where physicians can share their stories and let others know that hey this is what it's like to practice medicine in our healthcare system today and uh, social media was a perfect forum for that and as Kevin MD uh, has grown over the past few years I do have I think like two you know 2,000, 2,500 clinician voices, and they really share their their raw stories as to what it's like to, to practice medicine, some of the regulatory burden that's taking them away from face-to-face time with patients. One of the issues I'm passionate about is physician burnout, and I think that that's something that's not often talked about in mainstream media, and I think that these voices are so important because... Uh, it's 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 our world. It's our it's it's our it's, it's our patients and people who make these health healthcare decisions. They need to have some skin in the game. They need to have stakes in it. And I think that too often people who do make decisions they don't have skin in the game. So I think it's so important that we really get our voices out there. And uh, I think social media is a fantastic way to do so.
1: One of the things about the the content on Kevin MD itself, stuff that's created by you, but also by your Legion of contributors. There's a level of integrity that I think is is really wonderful. It's not chest thumping. It's not woe is me. It's this is a story. This is this is what I've seen today, and it's it's real time. A lot of it, and it it brings a sense of of urgency, but also of of reality, and it's not overinflated. When you were Building this concept when you were doing I mean, obviously, the first content was you just writing yourself and presenting yourself. Was that one of the sort of central dogmas that look, if this is going to stick, if this is going to go, we need to have this not be clickbait. We need to have this be us telling stories, us being clear that, hey, this is what happens. This is what it feels like on our end. So that other people can learn and interpret. Was that something that was, uh, did you even know you were doing it? Or was it something that, hey, this has to be there every single time?
0: I think there has to be a level of authenticity in order for these issues to resonate, not only among other physicians, but also with patients as well. So I think the stories that I try to pick, they're raw they may not be the most polished writers like these aren't stories that may necessarily appeal appear on the op-ed pages of the New York Times but just because they're not the most polished writers I think these stories they they they're they're not um they need to resonate um because these are stories that are no less important than the stories that you see on mainstream media so yes I do strive for a level of authenticity uh because I think uh, these issues Need to resonate uh, and and uh, among patients because really it's difficult for physicians to drive the changes. We need patients on our side as well, and I think that um, the feedback that I've received from both doctors and patients have been has been very rewarding and and hopefully we're moving the needle a little bit when it comes to solving some of the problems that we face today.
1: So as you look at the people that are coming to Kevin MD, people that are contacting you directly, is it a mixture of physician groups? and people who are seeking healthcare? Is it a mixture of providers and people who are, you know, have been patients or have family members that are patients or are currently patients? What's that sort of, what's the case mix index? What does that look like? What does that look like here?
0: Sure. So my audience primarily are, um, it is clinicians primarily. I would say about 70 to 80% is clinicians, but I do have a growing minority who are uh, patients and non-clinicians as well, I would say about 20 to 30%. And I think that one of the things that I found during my my travels and my speaking travels and talking to both doctors and patients is that I think there is a communication gap. There is a little bit of a disconnect between doctors and patients. Um, sometimes doctors feel like they're squeezed for time by regulatory pressures and a lot of times patients feel that doctors are not listening to them. And I think that Patients blame doctors themselves, and I think that one of the things that I try, to, I try to express is that you can't blame doctors for systemic problems in our healthcare system, because if we had our choice, we'd spend as much time as we could with patients. And one of the things that I try to uh, emphasize is that we're all on the same side. I think uh, patients obviously want to spend more time with their healthcare team and doctors want to spend more time with patients. And I think that if we speak with a unified voice and get patients behind us, I think we could be more effective in, in driving these changes.
1: It's interesting because the, that, that disconnect that you're talking about, that was one of the reasons that I wanted to start a podcast is to say, look, we just need to understand a little bit more about these issues and, and just open the ball for these sorts of conversations. Because like you pointed out, a lot of the people that will be writing maybe from the physician side, it will be something that's more steeped in policy or someone that's more on the administrative end. And oftentimes it lacks the nuance. It lacks the, the subtlety and it lacks the personality. We're all trying to do the best that we can on both sides, the patients and the physicians. But when there's this big brush that paints both of us as we're all doing one thing or we're all doing another, or we're all motivated by one thing or we're all motivated by another, of course there's going to be a separation. Of course we're not going to understand each other and there might be a bit of distrust. And so to be able to sort of circle back and say, look, we're just going to have a place where we can tell stories, we can talk openly and honestly – I mean, there's a real kernel of genius there because it sets itself apart. You know, Kevin MD really has set itself apart from other places where there is discussion. Where look, this is we're just—it's basically we're having a fireside chat. We're just sitting down, and this is what happened to me today. This is what I'm seeing, feeling, and and doing.
0: No, I think that's absolutely right, and I'm sure that you know, with your own public speaking experience, that in order to influence, in order to change minds, you have to do through do so through stories, because stories. Uh, are, are, are key to changing, changing hearts. Um, I, I always, uh, I always say that. When you have data, data changes the mind, but yeah. stories change the heart, and you can't change your mind without a change of heart, right? So yeah. you need to have these stories, and you share these stories, and that's what makes uh, the that's ma- that's what makes the arguments really resonate. Is to really share these frontline stories, um, let patients know what really goes on behind the scenes. I've had patients um, come up to me and or write to me saying, you know, by reading your blog and reading these stories, I know now I know now why I have to wait sometimes yeah. 15, 20 minutes uh, in the waiting room. Uh, I know why doctors can't run on time. And I think uh, by sharing these stories, it really develops a level of empathy uh, from the patient to what some of the, what the, the challenges that their clinicians face. So I think um, when I hear these, uh, the, these, the, these comments from patients, I think that that's all the more rewarding and validating what I do.
1: That's really interesting because that kind of makes me think then, what is the future state going to look like? We're going to cap out on the number of physicians that maybe are going to feel comfortable or want to. I mean, there's only a certain number of physicians in the United States, of course, or around the world. You've said about maybe 20%, 30% of your audience so far as patients. What's going to happen as that needle keeps moving? Because it's going to happen. You know, Whether it's six months, a year, whatever it may be, you are going to be in a place where you're going to have Most of your audience being patients who are on the side of the equation where I just want to understand what's happening. I want to look behind the curtain and understand what's going on. What is that going to look like? What is your vision for what what that interchange is going to look like when all of a sudden it's a much more, you know, non-clinician driven desire for information and conversation?
0: Well, I think that's already happening. Uh, You're already, I think, uh, compared to five years ago, healthcare is more patient centered than it has ever been. Yes. And I think that that's going uh, more towards that direction. And rightly so. I I think that. Uh, healthcare too long has been more, you know, the cliche is more paternalistic, but I think that um, patients do, they need to have a voice. And I think that the most important uh, person on the healthcare team is in fact the patient. And I think as with any trend, healthcare is always, uh, you know, bringing up the rear. So uh, if you look at other industries of how patients, uh, how consumers are empowered when it comes to giving reviews and rating things on Amazon and having a voice in other industries. I think just now we're seeing um, this happening in in healthcare. Um, I think that also, I think as, as the next generation of clinicians um, start practicing, they're going to be trained in a more patient-centered environment. So I think that that's also going to reinforce the importance of how patients need to have their voice in their own care and that we're really just partners with them in, in, in directing their care, but the ultimate decision needs to be driven by the patients.
1: I agree with you 100%. It raises a concern, and I, and I say this because it fe- I think a lot of docs... A lot of people on the provider side, you know, you talked about, you know, provider burnout, there oftentimes feels like there's this feeling of like kind of boulders rolling downhill at you. One of them is the regulatory pressure, your practice, your workflow is changing and you don't have a lot of control over it. The other two are things that you also have direct expertise with. One of them is that boulder of patient-centeredness. And I, I don't mean to say that it's a bad thing. It's not. It's a good thing. However, it is a paradigm shift of the first order. For a lot of people who are you know on the other end of hey, you can come on back and we'll get you in a room that it's a different mathematic completely. Do you sense that when doctors are learning about this, reading about it, looking at things like open charting, is there a sense that they're excited about it? Are they frightened? do they not understand it where Where does that level out
0: No, I think that uh from my experience, I think that a lot of us in healthcare we're still coming to grips with it. Yeah. Um, I think there are a few, there are a minority who are embracing it. But uh, when I talk to doctors across the country, when I give my talks about online reputation and and online reviews and how to respond to to to, to criticism on the web, I think there is a lot of a lot of fear, a lot of fear of the unknown. Um, a lot of fear of the paradigm shift, as as you talked about earlier, and uh, I think it's just a matter of, of of framing it. Also, I think that rather than saying that patients um, are the end all be all, but I think that we need to treat patients more as partners. And uh, I think that if you look at it through that paradigm, as we're partnering with patients, and as clinicians, we serve as their guides and and present them with the options. We can tell patients to, to we can recommend. Uh, Treatment and diagnostic options to patients, but if we leave most of the, you know, if we leave the final decision to them and let them guide their care, I think that uh, through that type of framework, through that type of shared decision making, I think uh, it becomes uh, more acceptable to to physicians in general. Um, I think, speaking from my personal experience, I think that just by reading some of the patient advocates uh, online on social media who comment on my site. Uh, I think it's definitely changed the way way I practiced um, because there was none of this when I was in residency in yeah, medical school. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, and over the past uh, five ten years, I've, I've certainly I like to think that I've become more patient centered, and I like to think that I've uh, taken this more of a shared decision approach. And I think uh, my, some of my patients they've they've certainly noticed that difference uh, over the years and have appreciated it. And that's come from me just reading uh, from the patient voice on my site. And I think that's one of the issues is that a lot of doctors, they just simply just don't know what patients are going through because a lot of doctors, they don't have the diseases that they're treating in the exam room because they, they can't say to patients, I know what you're going through because doctors really don't know what patients are going through. Mm-hmm. So I have the benefit of, of social media. I follow what goes on in social media. I follow the comments, I follow the feedback on my site, but I think the issue is that a lot of doctors, they just don't have exposure to the patient voice and as a result, uh, what they don't know, they're, they're, they're fearful of.
1: And it, that's, that's a tricky one because that fear is going to engender a response, right? It's going to go deep into the into the primal you know, diencephalon you know, undeveloped brain and it's just going to be like, no, I don't want to deal with it. It's going to be a fight or flight response. And you know physicians do need to realize that their response needs to be more sophisticated it needs to be more embracing and recognizing it's a challenge but hey it, it doesn't matter whether you like it or not that's that's not really germane it's it's yeah. happened it's it's what's expected and that's going to be the pivot point as you pointed out I think with medical education that's a great foundation for it but there's a lot of doctors that are along that are far removed from their education and it's the question of figuring out the toolbox for them to learn how to develop the comfort that you just described with being able to talk with their patients about shared purpose, accessing goals, and then feeling comfortable with the feedback that's going to come.
0: No, that's completely right. And uh, as with healthcare, it's going to be a slow process, and whenever, <laughs> yeah. whenever I, I, I give talks, um, uh, you know, talking about social media, and I always lead off with how empowered patients are today. About how the majority of patients are going online, and um, whether doctors like it or not, it's happening anyway. And uh, if I could change just a few minds uh, in, a, in a room full of hundreds, I think you know I consider that a success already. But I think uh, by doing what you do with the podcast and really letting both doctors and patients know that. Hey, this is where the needle is moving to. I think uh, we we're doing the best we can in in, in terms of spreading the word. But uh, as you said, it's happening anyway. Um, but I think that is it, we need to we need to be careful and not say you know tell doctors say, you, know, you know you have to do this. But yes, if we could just really. Um, accentuate the positives, and i, I don 't think it's necess- i 't think it 's a bad thing at all and I think if we could frame it as more of a, a positive as a more constructive equal partnership, uh, I think some of them would actually embrace that concept not any, not everyone of course, but I think that that more will and of course uh, the new generation of physicians I think that they 're being trained in a more patient centered environment, so I think uh, they will certainly will be more accepting of the role of the patient as they
1: move on to practice I, I think that the, I agree. I agree. It, it, there's no secret sauce. It's just, it's going to be a slow evolution. It's going to be physicians feeling a little more comfortable, but also recognizing the importance of accessing their patients needs in a way that they may not have learned or felt really comfortable with. I want to talk a little bit about the, what I kind of think of as this, this sort of third rolling boulder, the third boulder that's rolling downhill. And that is what you also have talked about as just now with me, but globally, is the issue of social media and healthcare? Um, it's a really, really deep pool, and it's we all got thrown into it. You know, I came out of residency uh, a little about ten years ago, and I, you know, sort of same as you. This was all just sort of bubbling and fomenting, and kind of coming along slowly. It is on. And there's, it's not going to stop. It's just going to grow. And the tool set, the comfort level is lagging. I I I don't want to put too fine a point on it with respect to physicians and their comfort level, navigating social media, using social media. It's a really, really deep pool. And it feels like, I think doctors feel like there's a lot of sharks in the pool and there aren't a lot of, you know, life jackets in the pool. What is your sense of the, the, the sort of flood of social media and its interaction with healthcare.
0: Yeah. I think you're completely right. I think if I were to use one word, it's overwhelming. Overwhelming. I think that, yes. I think that a lot of doctors, they, they come into work and, you know, they see all the pressures that they face. They see decreasing time with patients. They see patient satisfaction, meaningful use. Uh, you know accountable care organizations they're adopting new e m r s and oh yes, I have to do one thing I have to use social media and I think that uh it becomes overwhelming so one thing that I try to do is is try to frame social media from a more positive light because whenever doctors in general hear about social media from their c i o s or from their healthcare organization. It's always from a perspective of risk. Uh, They always hear stories about this doctor being fired because they're posting pictures on Facebook or a nurse being fired because they're texting naked patient pictures from the OR. And it's no wonder that doctors see social media as just one more burden. There's no benefit to it. So, Whenever I present to other clinicians, it's really from a more positive perspective. Um, of course, uh, the first thing is what we talked about earlier is that social media is where the patients are. And you have patients going online to research health information. If you look at the recent data from Pew Internet, it's like 7 out of 10 Internet users use the web to look for health information. But there's a lot of bad information out there. If you look at whole, the whole anti-vaccine phenomenon, I think one of the reasons that they got such prominence is that they've adopted the online world much faster than legitimate health organizations did. So they're able to dominate online and have that influence where legitimate medical uh, organizations don't. And if uh, a patient goes on Google and, and Googles, you know, does my vaccine cause autism? You're going to have a lot Of information that may confirm that anti-vaccine worldview. And it's really our fault that we didn't um, capture that space first and really dominate that with legitimate medical information. So I think really from social media, that's really one of the the major reasons why doctors need to be online and use these platforms to connect with patients uh, beyond the exam room and educate and spread legitimate health information because we need to combat that tidal wave of pseudo health information that's out there. So that's really the, the, the number one reason why I think more, uh, the, the, the number one reason that, that, that resonates with doctors in terms of why they should be online. And the second reason I think that resonates is, is really the online reputation piece because doctors are scared of patients Googling them online and, what normally comes up is something from a health grade or rate MDS, like a you know two three star review, and they're petrified. Oh, the only thing that comes up is are these patient reviews, and I think if they're active on social media, and by active they don't have to use it to the extent I do. Active simply means creating a profile on on a social media site like Doximity or LinkedIn, which is really just a digital translation of their CV, and at least they can stake out a. A claim on on their online name, so when patients google them they 're in control of what comes up, and that 's really the point that that resonates with a lot of doctors I talk to is that they can they can really control some of that information and uh, how they appear online and it gives them a sense of of control, whereas before they're being defined by these these uh, rating sites, so yes. I think there are so many positive reasons why. Uh, why doctors should be on social media. And I think we just need to push these positive reasons because all they hear about social media from healthcare organizations is is, is from a negative perspective.
1: That term, that pairing of words, online reputation, I might suggest that most physicians don't even know that such a thing exists yet. I, 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 I honestly am not sure that they realize that that's even in play. Where they are going to be Googled and there is going to be publicly reported data down to their name that patients can write whatever they want about them online, good or bad. I I really I I I am a little bit cynical on this one where I'm not even sure that physicians realize that's even in play yet. And to speak to what you said, that this is this is gonna get away from us again, right? This is the next piece that's just gonna get totally away from us. What's your sense on physicians? you know, this sort of a thing, people that don't have a, a public relations arm. What is your sense of people's just understanding the concept, let alone how to execute a plan around it?
0: I think there's a slow realization about yeah. how important it is. Uh, they're hearing podcasts like this and uh, they're hearing, uh, you know, they're even in mainstream media. There, there are a lot of stories where, where, where doctors are being Google online, where, where these ratings are may or may not be associated with the quality of care that physicians give. So I think there's a slow realization in terms of how important it is, but nowhere near where we need to be. I think that, <coughs> excuse me. I think that um, again we're being reactive rather than proactive. Mm-hmm. And I always go back to the vaccine example where we let that get away from us. We're playing defense. We're being reactive and. When it comes to the online reputation piece, we need to be more proactive in defining ourselves online rather than being reactive and correcting any negative information about us online. The good news, however, is that we have tools now where we can make a difference to our online reputation. We have these social media platforms, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. We can start a blog, make videos on YouTube. And these are powerful tools that are free. And we can definitely use these tools to help create and establish that online reputation so it's a matter of awareness it's a matter of education and it's a matter of empowering doctors and letting them know not only are patients googling you online but you can do something about it you yeah. can use these tools that are available to all of us and have these platforms when i started kevin md more than you know what well, 10 11 years ago it was i had no idea first off that it would become as big as it is but then you realize how powerful these these platforms can be uh, in terms of um, sharing your voice, sharing your story, defining your online reputation. You can connect with mainstream media and use mainstream media to amplify your voice. And I did this with zero training. I learned on the fly. This isn't something that I learned in medical school and residency. Right, right, so right. I think, yeah, I think that uh, the good news is that we have tools where we can define our online reputation. And it's a matter of activating physicians and making them realize and empowering and inspiring them to use these tools to be more proactive because we've been playing defense for far too long.
1: And and that's the, the one of the things about this sort of third boulder, you know, the social media boulder, where like you say, one of the differences we can respond to we can respond to it. There are more tools in place to at least slow it down. You you have a book on the same subject um, that is absolutely essential reading, obviously the site, but it's just also physicians are going to dialogue around this. And when people have that sense of empowerment that, hey, I can control this variable a little bit, just like the patient when they feel totally out of control, when they're critically ill, and having to make big decisions, we can help them feel like let's get a sense of control around this and break these issues up. It's the same thing with physicians and, and this issue of online reputation, feeling like it's giant, out of control, and scary. Hey, break it into pieces, look at the different variables, figure out what you can contribute to, and, and, and grab it. And I think that that is definitely going to be a sea change uh, for the way physicians are able to address this kind of going forward.
0: No, I completely agree. And I think that for far too long, there's this kind of a learned helplessness uh, mentality among <laughs> yeah, physicians. Like yeah. we, let, we let these things happen to us. And, Which is uh, so funny I because
1: the most physicians oftentimes in my experience are more of the sort of alpha personality, right? They're more of the doer. They're more of the person who's going to take initiative and, and drive the bus as opposed to being a passenger on the bus. There's, there's a disconnect there, right?
0: There is a little bit of a disconnect. And you know, I think part of it is because of the direction our healthcare system is going. I think uh, again, it all goes to the, the, the to the clinician voice. Yeah. We have less of a say when it comes to decision making. I think a lot of the medical decision making it, it is being made by politicians, by health insurers, by administrators, by MBAs who may or may you know who may not have any clinical experience. And I think it's that feeling of powerlessness that's that's really uh, kind of pervaded the mindset of today's clinicians. And mm-hmm. we need to break out of that, and we need to be more proactive and and uh, get our voice. That's just one of the, so it's so important to really get our voice out there. So I think it's, it requires a change in in our mentality.
1: One of the other perspectives that, that you have on this is, that I think is, incredi- it is incredibly unique is I, th- I want to get your take on what the expectations of the public are for healthcare providers to have this skill set. Because you have done conversations, interviews, talks with every major news outlet, every major news channel, the big news personalities. You've met and interfaced with them on the air, off the air. What is the gestalt that you get from you know, the producers and the talent and the, the writers and whomever else that's involved? What is your take on them wanting us to be good at this? Or do they want us to do poorly at it? Because they are going to drive that narrative in some way. They are going to write those articles and they are going to cut together the you know, four-minute think piece on the, on the nightly news. Where are they on this with respect to physicians growing into this skill set?
0: Well, I can't. I can't speak from them for 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 journalists, obviously. But I do think that there there is a need for trained clinicians in mainstream media. Um, I don't know what the, how do journalists feel about it, but I think that they, they they should be able to partner with us. And if you look at some of uh, the health journalism uh, sites that that are out there, um, I think that there is a desire from a journalism standpoint because they've been under fire for so long for producing puff pieces, for producing pieces that are inaccurate from a healthcare perspective and and they've been there these watchdogs that, that that are out there really criticizing how health journal, journalism is being presented and I think there is a need for legitimate clinician voices to be out there. Um, I think whether they want it or not i think it's important for us to to, to be in that space mm-hmm. uh we need doctors and clinicians on the front lines we need them writing op-eds in the newspaper we need them um, having going on these interviews and, and sharing their story um, i know on your podcast you've had zubin Z zdog md and he's tremendous uh, at 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 Using social media and, and using that platform to share the great work that he's doing with Turntable Health in Las Vegas and really, uh, expanding and reforming primary care because these are real voices that, that make a difference and social media can only get us so far. We need to have that connection with mainstream media because Really, that's where we can really make a huge difference by going on mainstream media and reaching the public because in order for us to make any changes whatsoever, we need the public on our side. Uh, That's really what it comes down to because when it comes to just physicians. Let's face it; you know, our, our our influence has a ceiling. Yes. In order to really make that difference, we need to have the public on our side. And uh, what better way is there to do it than going on mainstream media and sharing our stories? So hopefully, we can have the public empathize with uh, what we think are important. Because what? Because in the end, what 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 we think is important really. Is, is what's important to patients too. Like I said, what's important to us is important to patients because what we want in the end is the best care for patients. So our goals really need to be aligned. And I think that by sharing these stories and connecting with mainstream media is really the key way of doing that.
1: You know, that that, that sense that you give there, I, I, it resonates with me because that's why doctors and nurses and, and providers do what they do. It's Not the message that's currently out there that because we want power or because we're going to make a ton of money or because we're going to get famous It's because when you have the moment where you can impact someone's life in a positive way or help them in a moment of You know difficulty or stress and be a guide and be a resource There's nothing like that. Nothing compares to that. It is incredible And it's a gift to be in a position to do that and I think that part of the physician message has been heavily diluted and you know you've been pulling a heavy load you've been pulling this heavy load with kevin md for a while there's more and more docs jumping on now we have z dog we have gomer blog we have you know lots of different people that are telling these stories do you feel like the tide is shifting do you feel like more physicians are engaging with wanting to share that message Uh, or do you feel like it's moving the needle at all
0: well, I, th- I would say it's, uh, if I, I guess, incremental progress. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I think uh, I think we have a lot of room to go, but I think what you said it really comes down to changing the narrative. Um, I think too long, um, the medical industry and physicians in particular, they're an easy villain. You know, if you look yeah. at certainly average average salaries and things, it's always you know. Oh, why, is the, why are those doctors complaining? They make X amount of money. They, you know, they, 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 they're, they're These rich doctors, there's always that stereotype. And I think it really comes down to, to changing that narrative because if our voices aren't out there, we become labeled and we let other people define us and those other people who define us don't have our best interests at heart. So I think that's why it's tremendously important to get these stories out, um, to really have that, those platforms not only on social media but on mainstream media because uh, really it comes down to changing that narrative because if uh, we don't define ourselves, other people will define us.
1: The work that you're doing is a great place for people to learn about how that narrative is changing, how they can contribute, how they can tell their stories, how they can share. And like you said, sharing it in a way where you don't have to be a professional writer. You don't have to be a professional speaker. You can just be a person who has something to say. Where do people find you? Physicians, non-physicians? It doesn't matter. Where, where do people find you, your team, the work that you're doing and the movement that's building?
0: So just go to kevinmd.com and it has uh, everything. That's obviously my blog. That's where I share the stories. Uh, If you want to contribute, there's a tab on top that says contribute and it gives instructions on how you can share your story uh, with my site and I'll take a look at it. And normally I would publish anything that I think is interesting, that I think would resonate, that I think has something to say. Um, And uh, just go to kevinmd.com and uh, and that's all you need to – everything would be there
1: it is it's all there the the twitter profile is there everything that you would need and it you know it's exciting to even just look at the site peripherally uh to see wow there's a lot of people here talking there's a lot of things going on there's a lot of opinion there's a lot of energy as you deep dive you really realize that there are people connecting on a level and in a way that I don't think has really happened before, both on the physician side and the and the the, the non physician side. And it's exciting um, the work that that you're doing, Kevin MD is doing. Uh, it, it's there's there's room to grow, and it's going to be really really fun to see what comes up.
0: Thank you, Mark. It's tremendously gratifying, and it is one of the few places. Uh, I think a patient wrote to me that it is one of the few patients where you could get. The different entities of healthcare, the the patient, the clinician. Uh, when you talk about malpractice, you have lawyers, you have policy experts. I think you have all these different stakeholders in healthcare all in one place, really sharing their stories, sharing their perspective, and we really can learn from each other.
1: Well, this has just been an amazing learning experience, uh, being able to talk with you a little bit. Um, I think that people are going to continue to want to see where this goes and are going to want to contribute more and more and continue to learn. So. Anytime that you have something that needs to be said, you are welcome to come back anytime, and, uh, and we can discuss it. But thank you so much for joining me. This was tremendous.
0: Great, Mark. It's been uh, great being here. Thanks a lot.
1: Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, ExploreTheSpaceShow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.
0: Follow us on Twitter at ETSShow. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to
1: Mark at ExploreTheSpaceShow.com.